0: Week 15 is upon us, everybody. Hopefully, everybody's getting their lineup set up. Hopefully, you're not feeling the pressure like Scott and I are. Um, We've got a bunch to get to. We've got lingering injuries from Amari Cooper, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara to talk about. We've also got guys returning from suspension, Rob Gronkowski, Juju Smith-Schuster, and we've also got another big return to talk about, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what that means for Mr. Rodgers and his entire neighborhood of friends, and let's get to it right now and run up the score. You're listening to Run Up The Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up The Score. It's Donald here with Scott. Hey, hey. And via Skype, Tom. Hey, everybody. So we've got week 15, the semifinals. Uh, For some leagues, this is the first week of the offs uh, because you have a 14 playoff. Yeah, Scott and I were talking about this. For a Wednesday, which is when we're recording this, it's just it's way too much stress. Yeah, too stressed um, out, man. And, and we play each other in two leagues, so it's like yeah, I have so many roster questions that right. I can't even really ask you about. So I'm like <laughs> I'm like texting Tom like Tom, you got to help me out,
1: but don't tell Don what you think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I got one of those texts today. Yeah,
0: I go I go into it like because like you and I have played each other in the semifinals of a league. I think it's been like. It was two straight years in our hometown league, and so I think it's been like four or five years in a row now that Scott and I have played against each other in the semifinals of a league for a spot to the finals, and I I go into it, I'm just like, you know what? Like, If I lose, I'm losing to someone I really respect as a fantasy football player. Tom, it would be the same if, if I lost to you in the offs, and so I'm okay with whatever happens. It helps that... My team is the far inferior team in both of our matchups, so I've pr- I pretty much accepted my fate that. last week with that. <laughs> but I mean, in other ways, you know, I'm just excited to, to see how it all unfolds. Um, and speaking of which, I mean let's let's get to it, guys. Aaron Rodgers is back. Unbelievable!
1: I, I, yeah, it's a huge one. So awesome!
0: It was so funny because like I had such a roller coaster of emotions even just on Tuesday. Because Rappaport came out on Tuesday morning, and he was like, the Packers really don't know like what's going to go on. And then everybody else was like, oh, yeah, like um, Evan Silva, who writes for Roto World, he was like, if you look at the line, the line changed from Carolina minus three to Carolina minus five and a half today. He was like, so I think that means that the Be- the Vegas people know that Rodgers won't play. Right. <laughs> and then at, what was it, like 11 o'clock at night, Rodgers posted on Instagram that he was medically cleared. And... And the rest is history. So congratulations to those of you who held on to Rodgers. Congratulations to those of you who survived Jordy Nelson's cratering during that. And uh, we're going to get to a little bit of the other impacts that that's going to have on that Panthers-Packers game in a little bit. It just shows that, uh, you know, even with the way that the NFL now handles injuries that it's not really up to the players or coaches anymore. You know, they need medical clearance from a doctor and that's why when everyone was getting asked, they're like, uh, I don't know, maybe. And yeah. then finally they got the certainty, you know,
1: late last night. It's not the easiest matchup in the world for the green Bay fans, the Cheeseheads, the Aaron Rodgers devotees.
0: It's not. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but right now let's get to some other guys who were <coughs> not really feeling right now. Uh, let's get to our shut it downs of the week. Brought to you, of course, by John Taffer and his bar rescue team. Great job. Um, I'm, I'm excited for when the podcast gets to a point where we're like local celebrities and they do like a bar rescue in Hoboken where Tom lives. And he has us like do the reconnaissance mission <laughs> oh at God, the bar. Oh my God, that would
1: be the coolest
0: thing ever. Wouldn't that ever. be the greatest? That would be <laughs> that the is coolest
1: a, thing ever. That I, is a dream. I, yeah,
0: I almost, I'm mad you put that in my head because now I'll be dreaming of that for, Well, for, for until it happens. Well, <laughs> speaking of dreaming... Um, some guys who are dreaming or Tom, your plum pick your shutdown quarterback is dreaming that he has a performance this week. Like he does on Monday night. Although I don't think you're going to, you're seeing it from him this week.
1: Yeah, he's definitely living on a dream. That's Jay Cutler. Um, an amazing performance an outliers outlier. I mean, no one was expecting that. Um, and if you're going to try to ride that wave, good luck, he's traveling to, uh, Buffalo. He's going to be away. That game was home. Um, those are just small microcosms about what helps a fantasy player's performance and the big picture is that it's jay cutler he has been awful all year so when you're in the you know these holy weeks the fantasy playoffs don't try to ride a wave if it was that easy as just following or taking the prior week's performance and then loading it into your lineup this this wouldn't be fun right so just know that he's going to drop off a cliff this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially if it snows in Buffalo the way that it did last weekend. I mean, just yeah, I mean, Kobe Brissett, how difficult that was.
1: I don't know how Nathan Peterman scores his first touchdown pass in that environment and not his first <laughs> uh, actual game, Hostile crowd but he somehow in did Los
0: Angeles' soccer stadium for those Chargers. Yeah, all, those, you know? all 20 of those fans yeah. really get
1: after you. Those are football hooligans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but I I totally agree, Tom. I mean, Jay Cutler goes out and outduels Tom Brady in every conceivable way for all four quarters on Monday Night Football. I mean, that's not the headline you would have expected no. at week one of this season, or really week thirteen of this season. Um, it was like you said, an outlier's outlier. Yeah, it was for a, sure. It was an aberration to see, uh, you know, Brady quite frankly play so poorly. You yeah. know, it's just a lot of things kind of teamed up that Cutler had a good week, and I think a lot of things are going to team up to have, make him have a bad week this week. I agree, Tom. Yeah, and, and you got to love the Brady's done. Like, they lose a game. yeah. <laughs> they won of nine course. straight. They lose one game. He's like, he's done. He's of course. Not All the Jets it. fans have to come out and talk Pretty trash much. on Brady any chance uh-huh. we get.
1: Speaking- he's not done, but I sure hope he is for one of my two-week playoffs. <laughs>
0: Scott, you brought up one of the New York teams, so I'm going to go to one of mine. I'm shutting down Eli Manning. It's It's a tough week for quarterbacks because we have Wentz going down. We have, you know, Carr, Mariota underperforming. So many questions. So many question marks. So many different ways that things could go. I know a lot of people are looking for some sort of a pickup. And you see Eli Manning out there, who's been a proven guy, but I just don't see it for him this week. I think the Eagles' defense is still going to be strong enough to keep them in games. I think the ground game is going to really exploit the Giants' defense. And I really think Nick Foles, I know it's not even really a contrarian pick at this point to say that Nick Foles is going to play well. Don't go too crazy with Nick Foles. I'll get to Nick Foles, all right? Okay, okay, fine, fine. <laughs> fine. But, but steal I, my thunder now. But I really do think that the Eagles are going to have no problem with the Giants who might now be playing to preserve their standing as the current number two pick in the first round of the draft so I'm not touching Eli maybe Evan Engram but other than that I'm really not interested in any part of the Giants offense this week
1: yeah yeah throwing out a guy like him just shows how many streamable options there actually are this week it's a pretty friendly week if you're trying to take a dive down into free agentville
0: yeah. yeah, there's like five quarterbacks you can trust.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah it was much easier to build the plum picks than it was the shutdowns. And the no fifth question. one on the
0: list might be Jimmy Garoppolo that you <laughs> can trust. <laughs> uh, Scott, who is your shutdown quarterback? I'm going to shut down Alex Smith. Um, you know, this guy's been on a roller coaster ride all year, and he's got a heck of a tough matchup this week. Chargers have been lights out against the tight end. Travis Kelsey had one catch for one yard against them last time. I would expect that to change a little bit, but – you know, the Chargers also haven't allowed over one-plus touch, passing touchdown in a game since week five. They haven't allowed anyone, anyone in the league, to gain over 100 yards receiving against them. You know, and they just don't really—oh, They oh, and here's another good stat. The only 20-point quarterback performance they allowed week one, Trevor Simeon. Other than that, they have not allowed a 20 plus fantasy point performance. the 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 ceiling is not high, and the floor is rock bottom. bench out.
1: yeah, look what look what they did to Kirk Cousins last week if you were limited in the uh, in the week fourteen bouts because of him. I mean that's pretty likely. I know I was to Don
0: right. Uh, before we get too far away from it, hashtag stats for both of us. that was we were able to reel off some good ones. I agree. yeah. um it's a Saturday game. You know, I feel like we really should be mentioning that a lot because, you know, you kind of lose sight of the fact that the NFL does play some games on Saturday once in a while. It's this also is one of those in weeks. Kansas City, which would make me think yeah. that, you know, people would be like, "Nah, I'll go with Alex Smith. I just
1: I don't think it's the right. week for Alex. Smith. Yeah, no, I would have shut him down if you didn't. Nice. Perfect.
0: Let's move on to running backs. And Tom, you had uh, some really good statistics. And Scott, so did you about why we're shutting down Carlos Hyde this week. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean the Tennessee defense as of late has been awesome They haven't allowed a hundred yards to a running back since week four and have only allowed two rushing touchdowns since then I put a screenshot into our little chat where we you know weigh the pros and cons of our own lineups And uh, we were just rattling them off and we all became scared of starting Carlos Hyde We scared all of each, each all of us are gonna sit him I think and we were like well We have to shut him down. Someone will shut him down. So uh, I'm doing the honors I have been only in a standard league the only way I could see him being really relevant in this game is out of the passing attack Which he is involved in but I mean especially for a standard matchup I don't see how you can uh, play him confidently and it's
0: interesting because he he's been very involved in the pass game He's actually the third highest targeted running back in the league hashtag stats But he has only received maybe I think it's three targets and one catch in the two games that Jimmy G. Has been quarterback, so it's a change in in philosophy. Really, you know, Jimmy G clearly likes to throw to the tight ends. You see him getting Celi and Kittle involved, and and he kind of goes away from the running backs. It's something to look at for Hyde, where you know now it's like okay, he's not getting receiving yards. The Titans don't let up rushing yards. You're you're left begging for a Hyde touchdown for him to get double digits. Especially where I have him too, Tom, in a standard league. I think I'm going to give him the pine. Uh, to guys like Kareem Hunt and Christian McCaffrey.
1: I Jamal Williams.
0: Yeah. I'm going to slightly disagree with you, Scott. I think to a certain extent there's going to be some sort of a regression to the mean with his targets once he kind of once Jimmy G kind of gets his footing in the full Shanahan offense because we know mm-hmm. Shanahan loves to get the running backs involved out of the backfield he did that in Washington he did that in Atlanta last and even year check had a couple catches last week right and so so I think there's going to be aggression I mean I don't think it's going to be against Tennessee because they have been lights out against running backs the they're they're getting after the quarterback Tom you brought it up they had 20 sacks in their last three games mm-hmm. um, on Tuesday's episode I just think they're going to have a quick passing attack mindset and like you said for Hyde it's going to depend on can he get into the end zone yeah, and it's just a matchup that doesn't really line up for him getting in the end zone. So yeah. I'm not too excited. Like Tom said, you know, we, we were able to, the three of us, talk each other out of me putting him on the pine in my lineups. So. Right. I'm going to go with Isaiah Crowell because you're going to look at what Le'Veon Bell did against the Ravens. You're going to be like, wow, like Le'Veon Bell. He was awesome. But again, Le'Veon Bell is not held to the standard that any other running back in this league is held to no. anymore. He's Le'Veon Bell. Isaiah Crowell is not Le'Veon Bell, and the Browns are not going to put up as much of a fight against the Ravens as the Steelers did. Obviously, the Steelers with a great comeback win. I don't think the Browns are going to have that kind of comeback in them. So if this Baltimore defense can do its job, if they can get the ball over to uh, Tucker, unleash the biggest offensive weapon that they have in Justin Tucker, (laughs) and get a lead... Crowell is going to get phased out of that game, and they're going to immediately go to Duke Johnson in the passing game. We know Kaiser has fallen in love with Josh Gordon. The love affair with Corey Coleman is very much still intact as well. I just don't think Crowell is going to get as much of a helping of touches as he did against Green Bay last week when Cleveland was in control of that game yeah. for most of it. Yeah, I, I like it. And even pick. then, go on, Scotty. I like the pick, and um, you know I like it because Krull's actually been pretty good recently, so going against the green and saying, you know, you, you still deserve to bench this guy, I agree. He's got his hands full this week. Yeah, by this point, you've come up with a better option or two than Isaiah I Crowell don't. at this point. Tom, what were you going to say?
1: I was going to say that um, Isaiah Crowell really kind of gets vultured by Duke Johnson in this game, even though they were ahead. He takes a seven-yard shovel pass to the uh, sacred land of Todd, and... You know, that's the game script where you'd expect to see. um, (laughs) That's the game script where you'd expect to see Isaiah Cruel getting the ball. But even then, it was Duke Johnson. So it's a gamble.
0: All right. Uh, Tom, let's move over to your shutdown running back. We just did it. (laughs) Oh, wait. So, sir, it was Scott's. Yeah, yeah. Scotty. Sorry. (laughs) Keep it here, Don. I can't see the I can't (laughs) see the heading of the table right now. That's messing me up. My bad, Tom. Okay, so uh, it's me. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I think you're good. Everything's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, you I'm want
1: sorry. me to shut down Carlos Hyde again?
0: <laughs> no, I think you did a good job the first time. <laughs> we might have to after if after this week. Yeah. Um, I'm shutting down. You know, one of the one of our boys, and it's Frank Gore. Yeah. It's it's the old timer, and the reason why is because the man is too old to play four days after getting 40 touches. You can't I do mean, this to him. He's he's old. He's, he's too old. You know he. He got 40 touches. He's almost 40. (laughs) How are you going to, you know, I don't think he's going to be able to recover in time. And not only that, he's playing against a great run defense in Denver. Yes, they've been beat up some weeks. Kenyon Drake had his way with them, but we're learning that Kenyon Drake is, is real. And we'll get into him a little later too, don't worry. But I think, you know, Mac is gonna leech a couple touches off of him and Gore is just gonna be too banged up from from literally carrying them through the last game and not having enough time to recover. If there's one benefit that Frank Gore has going for them, it's that Indy is playing this game at home. And so he gets some home cooking. Yep. He gets in with his team doctors in their facility. You know, the level of comfortability may be enough to kind of get him up for the game. But, I mean, if you're the Colts, I mean, you got to do this guy a favor and manage his reps, his touches in this game. Because, listen, he's he's like you said, 40 touches for a guy who's almost 40 is unheard of. Yeah. You know, so you got to kind of preserve this guy. You know, he, his con- with his contract situation, he may be playing for another team, a more apt Super Bowl contender next year. You don't want to ruin this guy's career by sending him out and bludgeoning him against the Broncos' defense after he just gave you a gladiator effort in Buffalo last week.
1: Yeah, and for where you draft him, you should have other options, right? So this isn't that crazy. You've been using other guys this whole year. It's one of those weeks to avoid Frank Gore.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tom, let's go over to your shutdown wide receiver, and hopefully I'll remember that you've already said it.
1: All right, I'm gonna shut down Jamison Crowder. It's not a guaranteed lock that he's going to get Patrick Peterson shadow coverage the whole game, but it's a guaranteed lock that he's gonna see Patrick Peterson. You know, between him and Josh Dawson, there might be um, some switching back and forth. But neither of them have even really been able to take control of an entire game, besides the one game that Jamison Crowder had that has been, you know, some fantasy owners are still clinging to. Um, in a week like this, you know, where you can't have someone go out there and score very little. He's not a good person to start. Last week versus the Chargers, who are albeit a great fantasy defense, only 34 yards, but then versus Dallas where I actually plum-picked him and I, you know, regretfully, 67 yards. You know, he hasn't fumbles, two fumbles, two fumbles yeah. and a, uh, a dropped short sure touchdown, not to mention. He's had some to tough matchups. Yeah. He, yeah, he's had some he's had some tough matchups, and I can give him the benefit of the doubt there. But I think once again, this just is a tough matchup having Patrick Patrick Peterson in the field of play with him. So I don't think he's bad. I've been you know a noted Crowder supporter, but then he gets Denver the next week too. Um, I don't think this is a guy that you can be relying on in the fantasy playoffs. And hopefully, you have someone else to do that with. I mean, Eric- if not, I mean, he's at the very least a home run ball.
0: At Arizona, with Arizona and Denver as his next two weeks, I feel like Crowder is droppable. Yeah, you can cut him. Yeah, you know, I if mean,
1: you play Week 17, though, he gets the Giants. So, okay, so <laughs> no,
0: if you play a 17-week season, then you gotta keep him. <laughs> you're
1: gonna, you're gonna want him yeah. in that yeah. one.
0: But, uh, yeah, that but was yeah, the only game he did good in all year. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and it's,
1: was... and it's divisional, so they'll probably want to play it out regardless. Yeah. True. Well, True. that
0: could be Davis Webb versus Colt McCoy if we're not careful with that game. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right, Tom. This is not a, this is not a Crowder week. Uh, it's just it's just too dangerous, and like you said, yeah. you can't you can't send him out there and ho- and have him lose two fumbles and have a pass go through his hands for an interception. I know he didn't lose points for the interception, but he's just not been getting it done the same way that maybe the quarterback of his team would be.
1: Right. Well, yeah, he hasn't been over ten points since week eight, if you exclude the one game versus the Giants, and then before that, he hadn't been ten over ten points. Or I'm sorry, week eight versus the. Dallas Cowboys is when he went over 10 points, excluding the big Giants game. And besides those two games, he hasn't been over 10 points at all.
0: And that's how outliers work. Yeah. Uh, Scott, <laughs> let's go with your shutdown wide receiver. I'm shutting down Juju. Uh, you know, he's been getting phased out. You know, the, the Steelers just threw the ball 100 times the last game, and he wasn't even in. So I think that they're they're figuring out that, you know, he's not really a focal point. He's more of an ancillary part. And uh, I just don't really see him having that big of a game against the New England secondary that played, quite frankly, awful last week, but is probably pretty due for a bounce back. I think they are. They've been solid up to that point. I think that the the patch just, you know, kind of laid an egg and maybe overlooked Miami in that game. I don't think that they'll do that for... Uh, The Steelers, I think that it'll be tough sledding for Juju and and not as much available as those weeks that you saw him going off and getting this high target share. I don't think he's going to get that big target share. I don't think he's going to have that great of a week. What I hear when you say that is the heater's off. Yes. Like, the heater that he was on has has cooled. Um, The suspension, obviously, was a big hindrance to that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he's been serviceable, but... You know, you don't want serviceable in week 15. You want either a short thing or a home run. And I don't think he's either of those things right now, especially coming off of a suspension. Um, This is actually going to kind of segue into my shutdown tight end, kind of skipping around a little bit. I'm shutting down Jesse James. There's no way he's getting 10 catches again this week. Um, I think it's going to be a much lower scoring game than the uh than the Ravens Steelers game was. I think the Patriots need it to be that, given how their defense and offense played. Um but, you know, I just don't think that Jesse James is is a is a bankable option this week in the holiest of fantasy weeks.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that too. I think the only thing is it's not the only thing but let's say this was like week 3 i'd be all in on these guys this is the funny thing you know right. and that's just something that you know listening to a podcast like this or just staying up to date with the news can make or break your fantasy choices right so there's some people out there who definitely still think that new england is a really soft target right. when right now they've they've hardened like a rock
0: definitely I'm, I'm Unless also, you're Jarvis Landry, yeah. uh, I'm going to stick with my uh, shutdown wide receiver because that's the only one that we had left. I'm shutting down Stephon Diggs. Uh, Cincinnati's pass defense has been good all year. Um, don't tell Antonio Brown that because he's still he's probably still lighting them on fire. Yeah. Um, but you know he's an outlier. You know, I, and I think you know going to get what Thielen gets. I don't think there's really anything stopping him. In this game, but Diggs, the big play guy, Cincinnati doesn't really give up that many big plays to receivers other than Antonio Brown. And we know that Diggs isn't on Antonio Brown's level and may never get there. I'm a little worried about Diggs this week, but really not worried much at all about Thielen. Yeah, because you have no choice but to not be worried about Thielen. You literally have him in all your leagues. Almost all of them. Yeah, so... um Which is a proved to be a great choice yeah yeah it's been a great choice and I think Thielen will have some some tough sledding this week too but you know he gets those catches and and he's just been so consistent that you know his floor is just is just entirely too high but Diggs's floor is pretty low so I agree he can he can completely flame out and get you two catches right Uh, sure Tom let's go to your shutdown tight end uh kind of goes back to our discussion of Josh McCown last week
1: yeah, we're going over here to uh Austin Safarian Jenkins. Sadly, I got to shut him down. One of my boys, one of the, you know, one of our uh, one of our fearless soldiers on the Ruts battlefield, but he hasn't been getting as many targets recently, he hasn't been converting those targets into anything meaningful, and he goes against uh, New Orleans Saints who have been, you know, tough against receivers of all kinds, including the tight end. So, for this week, I have no reason to be excited about him, and I think there are some really good tight end options laying in the fringe. So when you listen to the pump pick part, you can check if these guys are available, and I really think you can start those guys with more confidence than you can Austin Safarian Jenkins this we week. You got
0: some guys at the, uh, at the bottom of the trash barrel for us, Tom.
1: Yeah, but if you're a <laughs> avid we listener, you already know where I'm going with it. <laughs> yeah. That's, true. That's true. Very true. Uh, Scott, who is your shutdown
0: tight end sure. as we wrap um, things up? I'm shutting down Austin Hooper. I know that he's not a very sexy pick or a very exciting pick, but... Tough I Tough day for Austin's. I know the pool, yeah. I know the pool is is really thin for tight end, and uh, I just want to say, I think it goes along the lines of um, just... in. It's more of an in-general type of thing that I kind of want to bring up heading into the playoffs, and that's use these divisional games that you've seen played already as a tool to make your decisions moving forward. So Austin Hooper only had three catches for, you know, 30 yards, I believe, 38 yards, I'm sorry, against uh, Tampa Bay last time, but you'll think, you know... Atlanta's going to score. You know they they're going to put up points on Tampa Bay. Let me get involved in this action in some way. I say use what you've learned from the last time and stay away from Austin Hooper. Yeah, and get Julio Jones into every DFS lineup you make. I like Muhammad Sanu too. Obviously he threw yeah. a touchdown that game, but I think he's more likely to catch one this game. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: if you want to transition, that's my uh, that's my wide receiver plum pick.
0: All right. Well, let's bring it over now to our plum picks of the week. I can feel it down in my plums and Tom we usually start with quarterbacks but since Sanu did throw a touchdown I think we're we're okay to do this under he's the closest to both a quarterback <laughs> yeah. and a receiver that we have yeah so <laughs> so there you go Tom let's talk about Mohammed Sanu
1: yeah that was an expert level transition there Don <laughs> um yeah last time fantasy points half point PPR goes for 16.4 eight catches for 64 so you know if we're talking full point an even better day um with Tevin Coleman still in the concussion protocol, that's why I really like Mohamed Sanu as much as I do because when Tevin Coleman is moved out of the backfield and into the slot or doing funky things, that is Mohamed Sanu's M.O. That's Mo's M.O. And he's going to go out there and he's going to be targeted way more if Tevin Coleman remains out of the game. And I just love his chances at getting a high reception total, like eight he did last time, and you know even more. Red zone efficiency, and maybe he throws another touchdown. Yep. When they give him the ball in these weird ways, he definitely makes it happen. And this is a prime candidate week for that to happen.
0: It's so funny because like we don't call Mohamed Sanu a gadget player, like he's just an all-around player. Yeah, you know, like he's he's yeah. out there, like he he'll do his regular things, but you just never know when he's gonna uncork one to Julio for 50 yards. Um, we're gonna stay with wide receiver because. I played my hand with this like at the top of the show. My plum pick wide receiver is Jordy Nelson. Okay. I got my dog back. Yeah. I got my dog yeah. back. That was Jordy Nelson <laughs> last night after he checked his Instagram before he went to bed. Yeah. Um, you know Oh,
1: he knew. You th- you don't think Rodgers texted Jordy?
0: I don't. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, don't know they, know I think Jordy they is. live in the same house. I know. So. I'm not an Instagram guy, and I'd like to think that Jordy isn't an Instagram checker before bed guy either. But I couldn't agree more with you on this. Yeah, on this one, Don. It's like you know, and um, you know, one of our our great followers. Shout out to Minsu. Um, tweeted at us asking you know do I you know what's the deal yeah with and we Jordy? both said the same thing and you know it's like you have to play him you literally yeah. have like if you're not gonna play him now you should have cut him six weeks ago right
1: and yeah great point
0: if you if you bench him and he has a Jordy to Rogers like game and any semblance of it you are gonna want to put your head through the wall yeah absolutely and I said it like we haven't seen a level of one player being improved by another since Amir Khan played with his brother Ahmed <laughs> yeah. in backyard baseball. Like, that's, oh the level, <laughs> that's the level of production that we're expecting here. Um, and Amir Khan got Ahmed back. Yeah. You yeah, know, no kidding, and that's man. that's how I feel about it. Um, I'm, I'm rolling with him wherever I got him. Um, Minsu, I'm sure you're listening. Thank you very much for the support. Ride with me. Yeah. Let's do this. I, like, I love Jordy for DFS, too. There's no way he'll ever be this cheap with yeah. Rodgers as his quarterback. And Great point. And speaking of playing our hand, we talked about this on Tuesday. So, Scott, let's get to your plum pick wide receiver because it should be an obvious one. But just in case, who is it? Robbie. Anderson. Robbie. And you're thinking, no way, Scott. That is, that is so dumb. McCown's done. But wait bryce petty enters the game and if you remember back 40 episodes ago (laughs) our plum pick from the original wide receiver rankings episode was robbie anderson for what reason don because bryce petty peppers him. we believed that bryce petty was going to be the majority starter and he targeted he had four starts last year bryce petty he targeted robbie anderson a whopping 35 times in those four starts in total robbie scored two touchdowns i understand the matchup looks kind of bad on paper but uh, recently the saints have been getting beat up through the air especially by wide receivers and marshawn Lattimore is still battling you know lower ankle and and type of injuries lower leg and now crawley's hurt too and if you want to try and keep up with robbie anderson when you got that and he's getting 15 targets Good luck. Yeah. I love I still love Robbie this week. Hashtag stats, twenty six percent of Bryce Petty's targets in his four starts, one out of every four throws went to Robbie Anderson. You can't make up target val- target share like that.
1: No. It's better than one out of every four, technically. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. slightly. But yes.
1: Yeah. And it's so, a volume play. You're right. And, and it will be for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Scott, you said he had a tough matchup. It didn't matter last year what the matchup was. He was burning yeah. everybody. Right. And because he got so many yeah. targets and you've seen this guy play all year. If anything, trust. Robbie Anderson's real receiver ability that we've seen all year. Yeah. And trust the fact that Petty is going to pepper him right. probably more than almost any receiver in the league. Yeah. We said this on Tuesday. We thought Bryce Petty, we thought Robbie Anderson was going to be a plum pick because of his volume. This year it was because of his talent, and now he's going to get both. Yep. That's, like I said, that's Hopkins level scary. Yeah. That's, that's you know, that's what you want. Right. Um, let's go back to quarterbacks now. Uh, Scotty. Since we, since I almost blew it for you, who is your plum pick quarterback? Yeah, I think anyone would be able to guess it was Nick Foles if they listened to the beginning portion of this episode. But I am very excited for Nick Foles because. He has the weapons, you know, like we've been saying all year. The Eagles have five good running backs and three good receivers, and th- and it seems like three good tight ends, you know. They're so loaded. I love the system, you know. He's, he's going into a system where he's not taking the snaps right under center every play, which is big for Nick Foles. His best years and his best games when he were taking – a majority of his snaps out of the shotgun when he came in last year for Kansas city and played well, it was in the shotgun when he had 27 touchdowns and two INTs for the Eagles. It was in the shotgun every play for chip Kelly. Yep. Now let's look at the matchup. You know, he has an amazing matchup. This is the, the softest target to quarterbacks that we have in the league this year. They've the giants over the last three weeks have allowed six total touchdowns, 287 yards a game over that span you know, and excluding the the KC mystery, they they've been getting roasted since week four. I think you can fire up Nick Foles. And last thing I'll say is he's played the Giants twice, and he's thrown four total touchdowns and had sixty five percent completion percentage over those two games. #Hashtag Stats I'm um, in. We talked, Tom. You talked about it. You've been all over this ever since Wentz went down. Basically, the so, the Eagles have a really soft quarterback schedule down the stretch for the rest for of sure. this year. That's a huge bonus because Nick Foles, I mean, I think we put the tweet out, his first 19 games were better than Carson Wentz's. Yeah, I think I, I even yep. brought this up on Tuesday. I'm personally a, a very big fan of Nick Foles, and I always yeah. have been. I, I always thought he was really good when he went on that, that big run. With the Eagles and, and things kind of fell apart because Chip Kelly got to, you know, he he got to in his own he head. He got
1: Chip Kellyed
0: and Jeff Fishered. Exactly. That's where I that's where I was heading. And then the next guy he went to was Jeff Fisher. So it put him so far behind the eight ball that he was never recognized as like a real legitimate starter. And I think he's gonna use these next couple weeks to put himself back in that conversation. Jeff Fisher had the quarterback with the one seed the quarterback with the two seed and the quarterback with the three seed of the NFC last year. And the Rams went four and 12 unemployment. Here he comes. Yep, he had Nick Foles. He benched Nick Foles for Case yep. Keenum, got rid of Foles and then benched Keenum for Goff. got rid of Keenum. And then he got let go and they're all doing great. Speaking of which my plum pick quarterback, we ride again. Case Keenum. <laughs> Let's go. How many weeks is this? Six. This is three. Three? Yeah. It, this feels, is, it feels like it was since Thanksgiving. I'm not stopping. So. <laughs> 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 I'm, 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 I'm in. in. I I'm in on you, he's, he's good. He's, he's carried me. Uh, you know the Bengals' uh, pass defense, like we've been saying, is tough, but you can throw the ball to the running backs. You yep. can throw the ball to McKinnon, and he can get in the end zone or. Or Rudolph, and he can get in the end zone. Like we said, Thielen is just is just so matchup and, proof that he can get it done against anyone. And based on what we saw against the Bears, the Bengals might be in give up mode at this point. Yeah, that was ugly. You know, it's like we could be in for another ugly one here. Yeah. Um. Let's go to running backs now because I've got another Minnesota Viking as my plum pick running back. I'm going with Latavius Murray. We just saw what Jordan Howard did. He's a grinded out between the tackles, punished the defense kind of guy so is Latavius Murray I think Murray is a shoo-in for 15 carries or more yep. I don't think that comes at the expense of Jarek McKinnon by the way I think McKinnon still has a really nice chance to have a big day we saw what Tariq Cohen did with his limited chances yep. against the Bengals last week I just think this is a buzzsaw that Cincinnati is about to run into with the Vikings you know they're, they're coming off of a loss they need to win and keep winning in order to ensure that they get one of these bye weeks in the playoffs so I think this is going to be a layup game for the Vikings, not a layup in terms of their effort, but a layup in terms of the final score. Right. And I love it because I'm playing Latavius Murray against you in two, in both the leagues are playing oh, against I'm, each yeah, other. I, I told you I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to hear yeah, it. Yeah. The only
1: thing that scares me is like for case Keenum is Latavius Murray. You know, I think he could have such a good game <laughs> that he could almost effectively destroy uh case Keenum's stat line. You see what True. Jordan Howard did last week. Yep.
0: Yeah, he yeah, Jordan Howard went crazy. I don't think that he'll he'll get, you know, thirty-five carries, but yeah, like, like I just said, I, I really hope he does. Yeah, Jordan Howard really killed yeah. the Mitch Trubisky owners last week. <laughs> yeah, all well, one of them. I'm plumb picking him anyway.
1: Dad. I'm plum <laughs> picking Jordan Howard anyway. Jordan Howard ha- is playing against the Lions who have been really Brutal. susceptible to the running back position. Yep. Brutal and I am loading him out there after that week's – or last week's performance. Um, I know I just said earlier like, oh, it's it's not as easy as just taking last week's performance and putting it into your lineup for this week. But with running backs, when they have uh, uh, a momentum about them, the coaches try not to go away from them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, his coach especially (laughs) – yeah. so
0: Being, I think even if he had no momentum
1: right they would yeah. still
0: give him 20 carries
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. but he's got to be giving them a warm and fuzzy after the dud he put up in San Francisco and thankfully he gets another uh soft target here with the Detroit Lions
0: yeah John Fox bring me your gunslinging, your game managing your prospect quarterbacks and I will make them hand the ball off 35 times a
1: game
0: <laughs> um speaking of momentum Scott the running back with possibly the most momentum in the league outside of Le'Veon Bell is Kenyon Drake, and you've got him as your plum pick. Yes, and you know I said maybe two or three weeks ago that he was he was my favorite waiver claim for this reason because I thought that he could build this momentum. I didn't know he was this good flat out. I know I, I don't think anybody did. He was this big of a playmaker. He, he has so much speed. You know he's so fast, and he's still a big guy. I'm a I'm just a huge fan of him. He's grown on me immensely over the past, yeah. you know, month, obviously. And you know he just has a great matchup. He plays the Bills, and you know the Bills are tough, tough through the air, horrible through the ground. Yep. I think Kenyon Drake, you know, goes off in this game. I think yeah. he could he could fight Le'Veon as the number one scoring running back this week. I I mean I hope so because in one league where I'm playing against Le'Veon in the semis, I've got Kenyon Drake on the other side. So I, I like him 193 total yards against the Patriots, who uh, I mean supposedly do a great job of taking away your offense's best option, which by the way is what Kenyon Drake has been ever since basically the Ajay trade he's he's won the position battle with damian williams who's still dealing with a shoulder injury yep. so not only could he get more opportunity not only is he the more talented back he's also the only show in town so it's just all adding up buffalo the def- the uh off the defense that's given up the most points in the league against running backs yep. this year i mean it's a big time moment for Kenyon drake hopefully he keeps his momentum rolling because he's been fun to watch yeah Let's move to, oh, wait, I was about to say, let's move to receivers. Uh, Let's go to tight ends because I have a Miami Dolphin as my plum pick tight end. I'm going Julius Thomas. He's been more involved than I thought he would be. Um, With Buffalo, they have great perimeter defenders. They've been a little bit more susceptible to uh, scoring from a tight end recently. Uh, Jack Doyle scored the touchdown and should have had the two-point conversion. So, you know, with Thomas getting more involved, Cutler seems to like him a lot. Cutler loves the big guy. We know that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's a tough week for tight end. I mean, tight end's such a tough position. You got to go with guys that you think are going to score, and I think Thomas is going to score this week. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That, that that's what it comes down to. It, are these guys who's getting in the end zone, and you know, if they're getting in the end zone, then I got to get them in my lineup. And uh, yeah, Julius Thomas, you, like you said, the ba- the the Bills have been softening to tight ends, so why not?
1: Yep. Scott, I like how you wrote your uh, your plump pick on the Google Doc.
0: Oh yeah! All right, I'll get into it then. Instead of ASJ, instead of ASJ, I'm we've going got with RSJ, Ricky <laughs> Seals Jones, baby. So you know, obviously his target share and his snap share and all that stuff isn't exactly amazing, but this is a great matchup. The Redskins give up a boatload of points to the tight end position, and uh, you know, I just like I just really like Ricky Seals Jones this week. Um, there's only two guys. Who didn't score against the Redskins in the last eight weeks as a tight end, and both of them still had four catches. So there's a floor there that I like, and there's also a potential ceiling that I really like if if the the Cardinals get down a little bit in this game and, and R S J needs to be used a little bit more. If. I think I think he sees, you know, five plus targets, and if he gets that five plus targets, he's getting in the zone. R S J baby. Washington's eliminated, right? From playoff content, this is going to be an ugly game, and that's the kind of game where tight ends score, yeah. You know, so I like this pick a lot. I love Ricky Seals Jones. I think you know that from out of nowhere kind of guy is always like super intriguing to me because you just never know, yeah. Um, he's a dart throw, but he is a pretty good one. Washington's been soft against the tight end all year. I dig it,
1: yeah. He's a converted wide receiver, so. The fact is, is if he's not on the field for blocking snaps, then it doesn't really concern me as long as when he's on the field, he's getting targeted. He's kind of, you know, he's one of those celebrity tight ends. Like I, like I always call them the, the Jimmy Graham's, the Evan Ingram's, of course, he's not having as much snap chair as those guys. Like Evan Ingram has been forced to block a lot more and pretty successfully this year. But, um... I like it. You know, if he's on the field and they throw him the ball, what more do you want, especially in a position where it's so hard to find points?
0: Absolutely. Tom, a guy that we really haven't been talking about a lot over the past couple of episodes is your plum pick tight end.
1: Yeah. And uh, I hinted at it in the last episode. That's for sure. In the waiver wire column, Um, I definitely am rolling out Benjamin Watson this week against the Browns. The last time he played them, he went eight for 91 without a touchdown. So PPR half so point PPR I mean off. you're not you're not getting a performance like that out of a tight end unless it's like you know one of the big 5 let's say right, right. but this guy's going to be literally free you probably even didn't even have to use a waiver claim on him and if you're listening to it now he might be available in your league unless you have another listener of ours in our league cuz I don't hear very many people talking about him the browns give up a touchdown to the tight end or a scoring play to the tight end almost every single week this season. It's a divisional matchup. He's seen the Browns a million times and you know what? I'm sure he's seen that end zone a million times. Actually, that's not as entirely true. He's been a kind of a journeyman, but as a journeyman, I bet he scored on the Browns with plenty of teams. Oh, sure. Um, that would be an yeah. interesting stat to look up to see, you know, <laughs> if how if he
0: scored on the Browns as like when he was on the Saints or the Ravens and all these other teams, that'd be cool. Yeah, another. I bet guy, he has another guy like pushing forty. I feel like Ben Watson's been around forever. Yeah, he's, I feel like he was ageless. with the, the first.
1: Well, that's Patriots why I feel like he part. has to have scored on the Browns. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you give a guy two games against the Browns from the tight end position, they better score. <laughs> if yeah, they anything,
1: they better score. Especially with Joe Flacco throwing yeah. to him and having no Dennis Pitta. So right. you know he likes the position. Um, it's an amazing matchup, and he gets the Colts next week. If he does really well this week, I would consider sending him out there in the championship as well. Going to uh, bring something up. I did not say my plump pick quarterback. Oh, sorry so, uh, about that. It's all good. I'll get to it now, and that's Mr. Cameron Newton versus the Packers. Happy I think this as is a good, cam. Happy as a cam to start him this week. <laughs> um, I think it's a good cam week. I know it's troublesome owning him sometimes, but this is a good matchup. I mean, this is the matchup that Jameis Winston got coming back from injury and scored like 18.8 or something like that. Right. And you know, Cam Newton. Uh, can do just as good as Jameis plus the rushing effort if he gets one. Um, And Deshaun Kaiser is kind of a uh, mobile quarterback. He's not quite Cam Newton, but you saw how he put together a good performance against the Packers last week. So you get Cam Newton light, Cam Newton ultra light basically, and now you get the real deal Cam Newton in a game where the Packers are actually going to have to score more points early or they're not going to have to they probably just are because they have Aaron Rodgers which is going to force Cam Newton to uh get you those passing plays and those quarterback fantasy points.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh shall we run down the slate, gentlemen?
1: Yeah, I like that too. I like Cam, especially at home. We'll see. We'll probably yeah, see mean, happy Cam this week.
0: Definitely. Happy as a Cam. There you go. Yeah, um right let's run down the slate. Thursday night's game is Broncos Colts. I'm go going to, to see Star Wars. <laughs> I hope everybody who sees it to, who sees it enjoys it. Obviously, uh, they're, they're big cultural events when these movies premiere, so it's going to be a big deal. There is a football game. Uh, Scott, you and I were talking about this last night. You were like, oh, you're going to watch the game. He was like, wait a minute. Nobody who has anyone on the Broncos or the Colts is still in the playoffs. Yeah, there's, there's Unless it's Vinatieri. Yeah, there's no – even him, he hasn't even been a good yeah. of a kicker this year. You know, like there's nobody out no. there that's on a – Demarius. A fan, yeah, maybe DT. And obviously – you're going to start DT this week, but yeah. there's nobody else. We here. could have done yeah. it, but we didn't shut down T.Y. Hilton this week. We could have, though. There's still time before oh, yeah. the season's over. We'll, he'll come back. He, we better. We, we owe it to him.
1: <laughs> I've got Marlon Mack going in the uh, Monday through Thursday fan duel as a you know sneaky play. I like and it. I When Scott was talking about how Frank Gore got 40 carries and all that stuff, that happened – I made this lineup, you know, like – I guess I did make it after that, but I didn't think about that when I picked Marlon back. <laughs> so I'm very happy to hear the uh, the positive storyline yeah. for my player. Yeah, I will actually be in Denver for this game. Ooh. You need to check it out? So, I don't it's know. I did indie. pack my uh, my Wes Welker jersey, so we'll see. How many jackets did you pack? I only packed <laughs> two jackets. Because might not but be I will, enough. I will be skiing. Oh, so okay. uh, I have two jackets, one for pleasure, one for business. mm mm-hmm. Although this trip is entirely pleasure.
0: (laughs) I wasn't following that, so thank you for clarifying. Uh, Two Saturday games, 435 on Saturday. The Bears go into Detroit, take on the Lions. The Lions have been sputtering. They've been underperforming. It's the kind of game that the Bears can clip you on. Um, I'm a little worried about it, but the Lions did end up getting out to a big lead and protecting it from most of the game against Chicago. The last time they played, I can see the same thing kind of happening here. Yeah, I like Stafford this week a lot. I think he's gonna have a good week. You know, he he's Crap. already said that uh he's not taping his fingers this week, so it shows improvement in his in his hand in general. So I think that's a really good sign. And you gotta pay attention to Amir Abdullah. If Amir Abdullah is another healthy inactive, I really, really like Theo Riddick this of week. Of course, right. Yeah. I mean, we saw what he put on film against the Bucks last week. If he's the only show in town, you know he's gonna get looks in the red zone, looks to the end zone. I mean, it's going to be a big week for Riddick if Abdul doesn't play. And even if he does, I mean, Abdul had a neck injury. Yeah. I'm you know, like that's not something we mess Everything I've with. read has been like, yeah, we don't really like Abdul that much anymore.
1: <laughs> Good thing well, is- they put a lot of investment in him and like faith in him. It's not a big money uh, commitment because he was – he's on his rookie contract. But – he keeps getting hurt so he keeps kind of burning them and they can't get that running game going which is the one thing that's been missing in their offense for so long right the the, the, the giants the bears are a little bit more staunch of a target obviously than tampa bay so my expectations for the lions s- skill players position players is a little more tempered uh, golden take goes out there last time granted it was in chicago only gets I think 34 yards, yep. so um, a bit of a risky play in standard to play Golden Tate this week, but hopefully being home uh, changes things a little bit. I think that does for Stafford. I think that does for the energy they have. Um, but you know, going off energy and vibes is not really the smartest um, fantasy playoff strategy.
0: That's like a week four move, not a week fifteen. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Chargers Chiefs. In Arrowhead, this should be a good one. Yeah, I'm pumped for this one. Hopefully, the Chargers can continue their hot streak and figure out whatever it is that Oakland didn't figure out when it comes to visiting the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs' offense has been really, really good over the past couple of weeks. We could see some fireworks in this game, or we could just see, you know, a hotly contested game That's what I where think the scoring's a little more sparse. So I'm not really sure what to make of it. I just know that I'm really excited to watch this game. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be a great one. You got to trust your studs in this one, I think, yep. and uh, just enjoy the show. You know, yep. I don't like Alex Smith, but um, other than that, I think if you were starting guys in, in this in this game all year, you know, you yep. can roll them out. This Tyree Hill, We talked about using divisional matchups as kind of prelude as. Um, you know, research points for the next time they play. Tyree Kill did get a touchdown. Um, Kareem Hunt did score yep. against the Chargers in Week Three. So, you know, this could be a game where the where the stars show out. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be a great week for Keenan Allen. I think Melvin Melvin Gordon scored against the Chiefs last week or last time they played. So, um, I think, that, like I said, I think like Scott said perfectly. I think it's a game where you can trust your studs for sure.
1: Yeah, I mentioned this last time we played. The Chiefs just play the Chargers really well um every time they play it's it's more of that fantasy points bonanza than it is the opposite but with the, the both these teams going the way they are right now I could see it being more of a stalemate but I actually I do like the Chiefs this week to the disappointment of uh to some there's no doubt about it
0: me to me I I want the Chargers to win <laughs> um I was like a pseudo-Chargers fan for like, what, four or five years? I mean, I love them for so fantasy is purposes. So yeah. Scott. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I love them for fantasy purposes. Eagles-Giants kicks off the Sunday slate. I mean, like we said, I don't think Carson Wentz leaving gets in the way of the Eagles winning this game. No. It may, it may down the road, but not this one, not against these Giants who just seemingly have nothing going on. Um, you know, I think they're going into New York, so that could be, yeah. you know, a, a point – uh, that could mean something. It could also not. Yeah. Um, you know, with Eli starting, maybe that'll keep some of the Philly fans from buying second market tickets. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, but no, I, I, tr- I trust Jeffrey. I don't know if I trust Aguilar this week um, as much as I had been over the rest over the course of this year. I agree, and I do think a running back is going to make a difference for Philly. I just wish I could tell you which one. It I would think make. I would pick a Jai in yeah. that instance. I was going to say I kind of like him for for your dailies, not in your leagues, but for your dailies, cause he's going to be on the cheap. Um, yeah. And I, I see where you're coming from with Aguilar because they still have Rogers Cromartie, who's a great slot corner. And you got to think that they will be locking horns all day. Uh, you know, but obviously I trust Foles, So, so if, if you trust Aguilar and you trust this system and offense as a
1: whole, like I do, then I, I, I could be okay with starting Aguilar. Yeah. It just, yeah. Um, yeah. I like the Ajayi pick a lot, actually. I think that's really clever. and um, for the Giants, I like nobody except Evan Ingram. right
0: and even he's going to have his work cut out for him because yeah you know, the Eagles he's probably are- going to need to be used as a blocker more. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I love Ingram, too. He's an absolute stud, but uh, I, I'd shy away from uh, Sterling Shepard this week, too. All right. Uh, and
1: Darkwa, sorry, especially because the Eagles are actually the only team that hasn't given up a thousand yards on the ground. Wow. So this is not the Darkwa week.
0: It's time to cut Darkwa, in my opinion. But can yeah, continue. Yeah. Um, Bengals Vikings. Like I said, I think this this is a Vikings game that they're playing at home. I think they shouldn't have an issue with this Bengals team as long as they put their nose to the grindstone like they've done all year. I think this is a big Lat-Murray week. I think Keenum and Thielen and probably Dang. not Diggs, <laughs> but maybe McKinnon can still get theirs and soundly beat the Bengals and, and preserve themselves for a big showdown in Week 16 in Lambeau. I'm really nervous for A.J. Green. Um, yeah. I own him in a, in a two-week playoff where I have a 17-point lead, which is great. But, you know, obviously I still have that uh, cautiousness about it. And I'm scared for him because the last time he went up against a big physical corner, he didn't even make it out of the first quarter. Tough. Really tough. Yeah. So if that happens, I am going to be pissed. Yeah, that's that's double nuclear for him this year. (laughs) Not very good. Um, Let's go to Ravens-Browns. I mean, the Ravens are going to be the Ravens and the Browns are going to be the Browns. Josh Gordon's prospects don't look that great because the Ravens defense has been so good all so the, year. The Ravens really haven't let up any receivers to score a touchdown in the last like four weeks, but they have been allowing a good amount of yardage. So there's opportunity for Josh Gordon, especially with Jimmy Smith on IR. Um, I don't think he's gonna score a touchdown. I was I was like on the brink of shutting him down, but then I was so like, was I. But then I was like, I think the yardage can just bail him out, if the, especially if they're losing. Yeah. So it made me kind of fade on him. And uh, I like I like Joe Flacco in DFS. I know that right. We insane, talked about that on Tuesday. It's so cheap, and he yeah. the Browns. Yep, I hate him. <laughs> me too. So do <laughs> but I. But I mean, you can hate a guy and he can still matchup. be a good DFS <laughs> option, though, right? Um,
1: Is Foles cheaper? I could check.
0: That would be a good, that's a good question to answer. Uh, let's move on really quickly though. The Cardinals again they're playing Washington. Uh, we got some really grim news from Bruce Arians. Adrian Peterson may not come back at all this year from his neck injury. This is a team that already Makes lost sense. David Johnson. So you could argue that the Cardinals have lost the two best fantasy football running backs over the last 15 years <laughs> in the same season, which is not a statistic you want to be a, a yeah, part of in any way. Outside. Um but you know, I just think Washington has too much for the Cardinals to stop and the Cardinals don't have enough for Washington to stop to make this a win for the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the Redskins will win. I think it, it's going to be a bit of an ugly game because the Cardinals defense has been turning it on a little bit, especially over the past couple of weeks. Um, it's another one of those games where I'm I'm gonna trust you know the the kind of guys who got me there. I'm not getting too cute in this game. I think there's still points to be had. Yeah, of but course. um, you know, I would temper expectations, especially for the receivers.
1: You're not rolling out Kerwin Williams this week, right? I think I would in daily for sure. Washington has been really bad against the run. It actually excites me with the possibility of playing him. I think he'll probably be cheap too. Uh, I did just check on Fanduel. Uh, Nick Foles is the minimum quarterback. Amount which is six thousand oh dollars and Flacco is, Yeah, Flacco was uh sixty eight hundred. Okay. Flacco on DraftKings is fifty one hundred. And Foles is fifty five hundred, so it kind of shows you on those sites. You know, they update and lock in those prices at different times. Right. So Foles is more of a, uh, a Fanduel play than he is a DraftKings play.
0: Um. Yeah. Like I feel like Foles is a must start on Fanduel this week.
1: Yeah. That's, at six thousand. Yeah, that's uh. That's crazy. I, I'll be starting it. Yeah,
0: I think I probably
1: will be too. Yeah. I um, mean, you can do a Foles, uh, Ertz stack. Again, have the, the Giants. Giants go back to their, you know, bad against the tight end ways, right. and probably, you know, if things go according to plan, blow people out of the water.
0: Ertz cleared concussion protocol today, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, oh,
1: yeah. but they've tweeted that out before. Oh, only yeah. to have let us down, yeah, but so I, maybe a- I, I do awkward. believe that this is. <laughs> maybe a foles- <laughs> yeah, I do believe Burton this is correct. Stack yeah. Would be <laughs> yeah. So if no, I, I believe we'll have. I'll believe we'll have Zach Ertz, but a foles Burton stack would be nice and that cheap. I agree, cool. Scotty. That's right up your alley. Yeah. All
0: right. Packers-Panthers, I mean, we, we talked about it. Rodgers coming back means big things for Jordy. I think it still means big things for Devontae Adams. You know, what he's done both with and without Rodgers over the past two years, that doesn't go away. No. So, yes, Jordy is probably going to get an increase in volume, but I don't think it's going to necessarily come at the expense of what Devontae Adams has been doing all year long. The only question for uh, the Panthers, I'm starting McCaffrey, I'm starting Cam, I'm starting Funches. Am I starting Greg Olson and on the Packers side? Am I starting Randall Cobb? I'm not starting either one. Uh, okay. I'll start with Greg Olson. The matchup is really tough. Um, Packers have been great against tight ends. Greg Olson, you know, played a, a large amount of the snaps last week and did nothing. And you can't, you know, you can't trust that going into semifinals week.
1: Totally agree. I'm very fearful of that and especially with the fact that he's dealing with an injury still, you know. Right. If you go out if he goes out there and gives you zero the week before and he goes out there this week and he gets, you know, let's say three catches in the first quarter and you're all pumped up, he tweaks his foot, he's out of the game. Right.
0: Right. Um we're full systems go for Jamal Williams though, correct?
1: Love Jamal Williams. I still am. He's clearly the preferred running back in Green Bay. Even all in right.
0: a really tough matchup, um I think he's going to bail you out with
1: receptions this week all right that's that's my thinking exactly
0: we'll move on to Jets Saints uh big news this this uh morning Alvin Kamara full participant in practice told reporters he's ready to go he plans on playing on Sunday the Jets that's gonna get great smoked. news for everybody who hopefully survived his concussion in week 14 yeah this is this doesn't look good for the, the Jets. Jets are gonna get smoked man I, I'm not happy Is this a pull everyone in the fourth quarter level of blowout for the Saints though? Because that could worry some people. Hopefully not. I, you know, I'd like to think the Jets can hang in it, but I just really, you know, Petty looked horrible last week, and it's not like he's going against a soft target defense. So, you know, I'm not too excited. I'm excited for everybody on New Orleans, and I'm
1: excited for Robbie on the Jets. Sounds about right to me. I don't disagree. I'm also excited for the Saints defense. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yep, that's my defense in one of the leagues I'm playing against you with, Scotty. Um, <laughs> Dolphins, Bills, Kenyon Drake, one of the biggest running back heaters of the season. Buffalo Bills, worst run defense in the league. Giddy up. Shady's on a bit of a heater too, you know. He's yeah, absolutely. Playing, he's been playing really well, so I really like both running backs. And, uh, you know, he trusts Jarvis Landry right now. He's a touchdown machine. Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. His touchdown totals
1: are absurd. The
0: regression for him next year is going to be infuriating. Yes, I think he has. I think he has eight touchdowns already. Yeah, yeah, eight. He's He's going to get to ten. That might have eclipsed what he's done in his whole career. Yeah, I mean he had four (laughs) last year, and I think four the year before. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, real, you know, I think this could be an interesting game, but you know, Miami kind of, sort of, still in it. By the way, yeah, I know. So you know, down the stretch, who knows? Maybe Jay Cutler can uh, can get the Dolphins into the playoffs. Who knows? Uh Rams Seahawks, giddy up. I'm going everybody in this game. Right? Um, I'm taking I'll take Goff, I'll take Gurley, I'll take Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, Paul Richardson. I like
1: Paul Richardson this Is an week option
0: too. if you're desperate. Cooper Cup is an option if you're desperate. No. Even Tyler
1: Lockett on. scored last week. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I, I think this is a this is a showdown that could you know, the score could rival what the Rams did against the Eagles last week, 43-35. 35.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you see Bortles go out there and put up a good fantasy day versus uh, Seattle, so that gives you a lot of confidence if you have to start Jared Goff that you totally could in this matchup. And historically, the Rams actually in the win loss column play the play the the Seahawks, sorry, <laughs> extremely well. Like. To a degree that would confuse you if you hadn't been watching football for a while, or hadn't heard um,
0: what Tom said the last time these two teams played. <laughs> hey. Yeah,
1: hey. Um, they play them really, really tough. So it's a it's a scary prospect even to start Russell Wilson when you consider that. But I think you know Here just we go given again. The, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was way more scared last week, and he definitely. Um, he made me feel more comfortable for this matchup this week that was going to be like my litmus test or it was my litmus test really cuz i do still have a russell wilson league alive and i'm starting him fearlessly i think he's been awesome i think the lack of a defensive or the lack of a defense and the lack of an offensive line have just been a perfect storm of fantasy events for russell wilson all
0: okay. right very good tight oh sorry um texans jags did we talk about this one? No. No, we didn't. No, you actually yeah. skipped it. Right. Yeah. Okay, good. Good thing I remembered then. Yeah. Um, This is not the Titans Jaguars matchup we expected week one, uh, where, you know, Jacksonville is looking to cement their place atop the AFC South. We probably thought this was going to be the other way around. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but here we are. Uh, the, the Texans have not looked very good over the past few weeks. Have not. Their defense is very beatable. This is a sneaky good week for like dd westbrook i think again blake bortles dd westbrook stack would be i think is very interesting for, i dig uh, it for dfs uh you know obviously we, we've been talking about bortles for weeks for these two matchups so um it's nice to to have them come about yeah. and hopefully he he continues the heater that he's been on because he's been a qb1 for the
1: last three weeks he sure has yeah, and I like the D.D. Westbrook comment as well. I mean, he's still getting that big target share. He's now scoring touchdowns. So with these easy matchups, two plus two is four, as Don says. And, um go. he
0: they haven't gotten him, you know, loose in the middle of the field to make those, you know, snaking type of juke and sprint uh, touchdowns, which I was kind of expecting from D.D. Westbrook. You know, but it's kinda of like what T Y Hilton got when yeah. he played against Houston. So it's interesting. I, I like D.D. this week. Yeah. All right, Titans every week. <laughs> yeah. Titans 49ers. This one's going to be ugly. I'm not excited for one single player in this game for fantasy purposes. I am. Who? Oh. Handsome Jimmy. See, even him, you know, they've the the Titans have 20 sacks over the last 3 weeks. Yeah. The 49ers have scored one passing touchdown with Jimmy G at the helm over the last two weeks. So it's not like he's laying the world on fire. Yeah, he, he got a lot of passing yards against Houston last week. Guess what? So does every quarterback that plays against Houston. Even Joe Flacco went for like 280. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not excited for Jimmy G. And I'm not excited for the 49ers. The Titans ruin all fantasy. There you go.
1: Uh, yeah, they've been making every game dull that they're in. Uh, I agree with you, Scott. I'm not excited for Jimmy G for fantasy purposes. Maybe, Don, you're more excited for him for just watch and see purposes in general, but, uh, yeah. So for the advice portion of the podcast, which is, uh, 100% of it, I'm going to say <laughs> we, we avoid Jimmy Garoppolo this week in fantasy. Fine. Fine. <laughs>
0: um, the AFC championship game is being played in week 15 <laughs> Patriots Steelers. Don't this count is... my Jags out like that. All right, fine. <laughs> this game is by the way, if the Patriots win this game and, uh, there's a, there's a way the Jags can get a bye bef- without me explaining the full thing. No but the Patriots suddenly need a get-right game. Um, so going into Pittsburgh, in Heinz Field, I mean, you know, this is going to be tough. This is going to be tougher than people think. It, it may be. Brady has owned the Steelers uh, throughout his career. Like, to an insane amount of numbers and statistics. And Don's groaning because he's playing Brady in the league. Yes, I am. Um, but Brady has literally owned... Owned them for years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think he's gonna do it again. Obviously, I'm not betting against the man, yeah. not against a goat. Uh Le'Veon Bell struggled against the Patriots before he exited the AFC championship game last year with a groin injury. Again, I don't think it's something that you need to be like fearful of, but you know, maybe the Patriots defense has figured something out with him that other teams haven't, but who knows? Maybe. You know, like we said, he's Levy on Bell. He's not a running back, he's not a receiver, he's Levy Bell.
1: Yeah, I actually like Brandon Cooks in this game. Um, After Joe Hayden went down, the Steelers have been getting burned by deep ball players, and uh, Brandon Cooks is among that ilk. So I would be loading him out wherever I have him, and I'd be interested to see him in uh, some of my DFS lineups as well.
0: All right. A lot of sloppy games, so thank God we have Cowboys Raiders Sunday night. <laughs> um, I think why some they didn't flex Patriots Steelers into this one. I think is there's some sneaky shootout potential in this game. Oh yeah, because both defenses can just be had. Yeah, they can't cover um, anybody. You know, I love Dak in this game. I really do. I think, yeah. I think that he is. You know, it's hard to predict, but it doesn't it feel like he's kind of due for a rushing touchdown. Yeah. he hasn't really gotten one in a while. I'm just thinking that he's, he's going to run one in and I think he's going to have another well, big, big week. I would say yeah, that I Zeke's absence has led to a dip in his rushing touchdowns no question. because, yeah. you know, he's like, only had one since Zeke left. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I just think, I mean, obviously with the read option of Dak and Zeke, it's a lot more formidable than Dak and Alfred Morris. Yeah, you know what I, on I mean? On the goal line, you know, it's just, it leads to so many walk-in. Absolutely. Dak.
1: You're a hundred percent right there, Don, but I will uh, paint the story for you, Scotty. Uh, Good pressure from Khalil Mack, and then Dak Prescott has to make something happen. You know that could easily happen, but let's—I can't guarantee anything like that.
0: Right. Uh, I think this is this could be a good Des Bryant week. Yeah, because I think the the Raiders secondary is very beatable. Des is gonna have to put forth less effort to get open, and that just kind of seems to be his problem this year. He has to just put forth so much effort to get open, and then for most of it, he's not even been open. He's just been, you know, winning fifty-fifty balls, right. which he yeah. can obviously do a lot better than anybody else in the league. But maybe he doesn't have to do that as much this week. And a matchup that, um, you know, we always like to bring up is receivers playing against the Cowboys. So, yeah. I like I like Crabtree this week. Yeah, tough to like Cooper. He he didn't practice today, and with the Sunday night lineup, you can't go out there with Amari Cooper in your lineup week fifteen unless you know. Before Sunday that he's going to play because otherwise it's just not going to happen for you. Right. Because at Ruts FF. Yeah, at Ruts FF for sure. Um, be- and that the other reason is because the two game the two teams that are playing after that the Falcons and the Bucks, all four key receivers of that game Jackson Evans, um, Julio Julio and Sanu they're mm. all going to be owned. No question. So there's going to be no one for you to pick up if if you start Cooper he doesn't play and then you have to rely on somebody playing on Monday night. It's just going to be a really I mean, it's going to be a weak, killing If you're move. in on Cooper, you got to add Cordero Patterson or Seth Roberts. But, yeah, you know, something. You're, you're an Cole or, Beasley. Or, you know, maybe Jared Cook if you can move Cooper to your flex right. and flex him in. But at that point, you know, you're begging. Yeah. Um, but Falcons-Bucks is the Monday night game. We know that Julio... Witten. Tor-
1: Witten. Yeah, Sorry, Witten too. But
0: Witten. We know that Julio torched the Bucks last time they played, I mean... Do we see it going any other way than that now? I mean, I think he's going to have another good week, but you can't expect what he did. I no. mean, he, he just went crazy. What was it, ten for two hundred ten and two? Yeah, you know, he, that's he a just, lot. He just went too wild to expect that again. So, um, I kind of like Sanu, like I was saying before, for that reason that you got to think the Bucks are going to be like trying to triple team Julio in this game, and it might not even matter if they do. But uh, another one that I think could be in the high 20s and, and be a higher scoring game. Jameis has been able to move the ball with this offense well enough to keep them in it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, are we going back to the uh, Cameron Braitwell with this one or hey. dipping into the dumpster-ville? dumpster Yeah, Dumpster. Last
0: week was pretty bad.
1: <laughs> but OJ Howard did score, so it's almost like a coin flip in that regard. But not or that you want to do... But you also don't want to do two coin flips back-to-back, right? No, so, like, no. is a tight end touchdown going to happen? That's a coin flip. Yeah. Is it going to be Cameron Bray or Jordan Howard? That's a coin flip. And that's, you know, now we're talking low odds. Right. Yeah, All right. It's did.
0: a uh, it's a tough week. We hope everybody is able to navigate these waters, get yourselves into the championship. Week 16 fantasy football championships around Christmas time. Nothing better. It, there's nothing better. You know, uh, we've got most of the slate is on the 23rd. Or, no, sorry. Most of the slate's going to be on Sunday, Christmas Eve. There's going to be a couple of games Monday. Um, we're getting way too far ahead of ourselves. Let's get you into the championship first. We hope everybody has the best of luck in semifinals. Hopefully there's less injuries because that like really took the wind out of the sails for a lot of people, I think, mm-hmm. with Kamara like, and Wentz and stuff like that. Uh, there are some injuries that you need to monitor. We're at RutzFF. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll let you know what's going on with that. We'll be uh, ready and willing on Sunday morning. Tom is at Hillier FF. Scott is at Wags FF. I am at Why So Serious. Hit us up. I've right. got one more thing.
1: Okay. Just uh, in the same realm as the Amari Cooper. If you're going to play him, you don't have a lot of replacements. Type thing. Um, Tevin Coleman. If you're relying on him, it's going to be the same. The same exact thing. Yep.
0: Right. Okay. So at Rutz FFs, we'll let you know what
1: we know. And Terren Ward.
0: Yeah. There you go. Anything else, Tom? Or can That's I say all. Goodbye?
1: You can say goodbye now.
0: All right. Good luck, everybody. We'll see you on Tuesday for the week 15 recap. Until then, keep scoring.